Welcome back to the Two Black Runners podcast presented by the Running Report, where we give running news produced for and by the culture. I'm your host, Joshua Potts, and we're at our halfway mark. If you're here on like our first episode of the Two Black Runners podcast, we talked about that we want to do 52 weeks straight, and that is a year straight of podcasts to really fill this out and see how good and how far we can take this. And we've got to that halfway mark with this episode. So we're going to give you guys a little, a bit of a laid back episode. But still with some great content as we're going to give a little London Marathon recap. We're going to give our final thoughts on the University of Minnesota and how the men's team has been cut and just what we should do as there's just about two more days until the Board of Regents is going to going to vote on this decision and they may eliminate the men's program. So we're going to reiterate it again. You guys need to sign some petitions, email some pre-filled things, but we'll talk about that all in just a second. But before we get more into that, I got to introduce the brother from the same mother, Super Hot Pots, Aaron pots out here come on now how's, how's it doing bro how's it going how's it going hey man it's good 26 bro so we we at my age but 26 episodes <laughs> definitely an accomplishment but as as the black mama would say the job is not finished yet you know but you know we're gonna celebrate we're gonna celebrate today and to anybody and any to anybody and anyone that's really if you listen to all 26 episodes dm me at Super Hot Pots, and we're going to give you a shout-out. We're going to get you some merch. We're going to do something for you. If you really been out here, you've watched every episode from the beginning? That's crazy, man. And to be here at 26 episodes, you know, it's just a blessing. And like I always say, man, I just – I'm always just feel so blessed to have the opportunity to interview so many amazing people. Like, at the end of the day, like, I'm just a dude. Like I ain't really nothing special. Uh, I, I'm just a dude from Eastvale, California, that ran track and field and that that loves track and field. So to be able to, you know, be a part of creating like um, uh, an inclusive brand and platform and have this opportunity to speak to so many amazing people. When I think about it, it's honestly it's just a blessing. So I'm just thankful. Yeah, like you said, bro, that's really is just crazy to be honest and a blessing. Like, to be, I didn't expect to be here at the beginning of this year, to be honest. But hey, we're here. We're doing this. We bought mics. We bought other software, and like, we're getting the job done. And I'm really, really happy that we we're able to just start this. But then, like, first off, oh, but also, I'm also sorry about just to the people real quick. I'm sorry about we giving you all these two Black Wednesdays, bro. Hey, that's I on like me. That's on me. <laughs> that's on me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry about these two Black Wednesdays, bro. It kind of irks me a little bit when we come out on Wednesday, but we're going to get back on track to these Tuesdays. Trust me. October, hopefully, in October, we'll give you some more two Black Tuesdays. But we're going to talk a little bit more in the in, in a second just about like what we want to do for these uh, last 26 episodes and everything like that at the end of the show. But before, before we get into uh, University of Minnesota, I also just want to ask Aaron, did you think we would ever get this far to 26 episodes? I know I said that kind of just sprung that onto you, like that I want to do 52 straight just out of nowhere on the podcast. And then like, you're like, yeah, let's do it. But what did you think that we even get to this far 20, 50, 26 straight? Um, yeah, when you came to me, and you said that, you know, it was like your goal to do 
52. I knew from the beginning that that would be hard, and it, and it has been hard. It has been daunting. It's something, I mean, it is hard because the hard part about it is really getting the guests. I mean, getting on this podcast and, and talking, this is the easiest part for me. That, you know, that's something God-given that's natural. I can I can just... I can just talk and be and be open on a pod. I've I've watched it and, and seen it and I, I, I've studied it without knowing it. So that's easy for me. But the whole process of gathering the guest and then taking out the time to edit it, trying to get it on a Tuesday, trying to hear back that correspondence back and forth. That's the tough part. But I'm not going to I'm not going to lie 100 percent. Like I knew we would get there and I know we're going to get to 52 because I'm with my bro and my brother is the, my brother. Joshua Potts right here. He's determined. And I feed off that energy. So I'm not surprised we had 26. Um, I knew it would be tough getting here. And there were, it, it, and it'd be something you got to work on every week. I am surprised at some of the guests that we get. And not, For I mean, real. I mean, yeah, I'm surprised at the guests we get. But I'm more so surprised at, you know, and I don't even want to downplay the work we put in to get these guests. But I'm just surprised as easy as it was how open people were really to just come on and talk and i think that just shows you what that shows you so much so much how much we're lacking in track and field a platform for people to really be themselves because uh you look at other sports um like basketball you know how many people want to interview these players everybody does everyone wants to know these players on a deeper level there's so many people that want to and you know the fact that we have we do have these media spaces we have media spaces you know i can name the top three every every, people listening to this you guys know the top three platforms and sometimes they do get these people but for some reason they just don't come with the realness like they do when you know they're chilling with two black runners and that's been the most impactful thing that we've done we've been able to create i feel like i i feel like correct me if i'm wrong though i feel like we've been able to create a space where you know anyone can come and they can feel comfortable they don't feel fanboyed or they just feel like they're talking to to two black runners and you know joshua's you're a genius for coming up with that name two black runners i just think it sets the tone from the get-go yeah, bro. I really think, uh, like, to reiterate some of the things and just uh, one thing that really, like, inspires me to, like, keep on going is when we get these people that I really don't expect is, like, especially, like, last week when we had Opsa on, he was saying how, like, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan. I like how you guys keep it real. Or just, like, even when we had Marielle on, we had Marielle on. That was right be- That was after that we did our Running Wild Black series. And she's seen that. She was like, thank you guys for doing that. So whenever, when somebody comes on, and even when, when the Halls came on, and they said, oh, we've heard your podcast. Like, we heard one. Sarah said that she heard crazy. one of our podcasts before. Like, it's it's wild and it's it's like we're we're still like so small i don't feel like we're really big but to have the people that come on to be able to be like yeah we understand like what's going on here we understand what you guys are doing even when we had district track club vincent was all like bro like i understand what you guys are doing like this is dope like i'm with it like that's reassuring to know that like we're going on the right track and then just being 
I, I, I'll be honest, bro. The more that we get closer to 52 and more into this, I'm all like, bro, one week we may just not have one. But like, honestly, like it's so ingrained to routine now. Like 20, we did 26 weeks, bro. This is six months. That's crazy. Six months. <laughs> These six months flew by, bro. Wait, so like, that's honestly, six months. That is, bro. That is insane. That's insane to think about that. That's, that's, that's six months straight. We've been doing two black runners. Wow. Bro. And it's like, it's it's now just routine. And I hope for the listeners at home, at least for the, the, the hundreds of people that listen every single week, that this just has become a routine for you too. Either either Two Black Tuesday or Two Black Wednesday, or you're listening to this on Thursday or every Saturday or however you listen, that it's now a routine that like, yeah, I got to tune in to see what uh, Aaron and Joshua are talking about this week. Because I when we first started this, I never even thought about like seasons. I never realized that like podcasts have seasons. But like, we're definitely gonna have to talk about that after these fifty-two weeks. But like, hey, I, sure, I'm like, sorry, it's, y'all. It's cool. If y'all really mess with us and y'all love every single week or like the fifty-two straight thing, it's the only time we're doing fifty-two straight. I'm, a, I, I mean, I, I love it. I love doing the podcast, but yeah, bro, we 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 not doing fifty-two straight again because we gotta. I think definitely seasons. Like we could definitely do maybe twenty-six straight. Even twenty-six straight is a lot, but like. We, seasons is the way to go because this this is this ain't no joke man that's crazy i that blew my mind right now that you said we've been doing this for six months straight that's yeah that's a grind sometimes you just gotta dive in bro sometimes you just gotta dive in you just gotta go hard out the gate in the we, we went out hard in the gate in the mile we went out hard the first two laps we went out hard the first two laps bro and what's interesting about our podcast is like so the first episode really happened right before covid and all the yeah the first episode happened through before covid and everyone knows you know 2020 for a lot of people i mean for most people 2020 has been the craziest year of your life with all the stuff going around the world so you got to hop on this new podcast (laughs) in the year 2020 and you just see us kind of like cover it through the lens of two black runners and track and field you know so I think that's a very like interesting aspect of our show that people are getting to see us grow. Like, you know, you got to see us doing the fun loving, you know, just having fun, like, you know, talking to high schoolers, doing baton talk. You got to see me get like emotional with Nick, the Nick Simmons thing. And like, yeah, then you see us, you know, even learn about our, our, our religious beliefs and our relationships with our relationship with God when we talk to Ryan and Sarah Hall. So yeah, you're getting to see all these guests and meet all these people, but you're also like seeing me and Joshua. I mean, Joshua is 20, I'm 26. So we're still really figuring out who we are. So you're going to see us grow as the podcast grows. And I think that's a really, that's a really cool thing that we have. And that's something that's not going to stop. We're going to continue to grow. We're going to continue to react to things. And what's special about Two Black Runners is like, we're not going to change who we are or try to be inside some mold we're just gonna be us so there's a there's a lot of character development <laughs> on this show yeah, for sure and I, what i find really interesting aaron like before we start the podcast like i wanted to talk about us being like two black runners i think like in our second episode we talked about like going to going to cross country meets as two black runners and you see that sense of respect and it's different being the only black guy on your cross country team and be able like I wanted to talk about those things, but to be honest, like when we started this, I never thought we would be going in and then talking about like 
things such like George Floyd and then Ahmaud Arbery. Like I never thought we would have a whole episode like dedicated to that and then be like tired out. Like we're low key like some people like there's people like Allison Desir who are like running. I would call Allison Desir like a running activist. And there's other people that even there's a group called like running to protest that do protest in the middle of like New York City and like their whole entire thing is protest. Like we've done like straight like activism on our podcast and these things that these are things that I never thought we would do. But I'm like so glad that we did. But like I would have never thought I would have been in this position to like have a voice especially at 20 years old but especially like this year like to to really like speak on these things and people being willing to listen to but like i don't know if i'm like the right person to be like listening to but i think our i think everybody views if you have a mouth your opinion can matter like to be honest you just gotta put it out there and every every single opinion should it's it's worth the time of the day to be honest and honestly like for me that's just the beauty of the time that we're living in I mean, there's a lot of bad things we, we say, and there's a lot of bad things that do come with social media. But I think one of the beauties of social media is, you know, and and life in general, man, like it, it provides opportunity. And if you want to do something, you know, you can just pick up your phone and you can do it. And, you know, Joshua, you always say this you because you've been doing um, YouTube and stuff for a while. And people ask you a lot, like for advice on you know, they're starting something and your biggest thing that you always say, and I, I think this is 100% true, is you just got to start it and you just got to keep going and you just got to not quit. And that's that's what we're doing with these 52 episodes. We're learning as we go, like straight up, like we are not no experts, bro. Like we are literally learning as we go and you guys are witnessing it, but you just got to pick it up and start like and you can't care what anybody thinks. And I mean, it's cliche, but, you know, you just got to be you like the like that. The George Floyd, the Nick Simmons, you know, those that, those things like, you know, even like bring like Michael Granville on like that stuff's all organic. And that's just us being us. And I think people are really, really in search of that because how diluted social media and just the world is um right now so whenever you find that you know everybody's preaching this but whenever you find that authenticity it's authenticity has became unique in a way yeah especially to see it from in like the running world from like a black perspective it's just something that uh you like i can't even say rarely it's something that you like never see pretty much it's something that you never see and then they cover something like this like we don't just cover we don't just like talk about like 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 our lives but we cover other sports in track and field and we try and elevate the sport of track and field like the 800 the pole vault the shot put and things like that and that brings us on to like our next topic of us elevating the sport of track and field because right now with the cutting of the university of minnesota men's track and field team and the board of regents is going to vote on this in the next two days People are talking. We talked to John Simmons on our IG live. If you want to follow us on Instagram, it's at running underscore report. And we also talked to Russell Dinkins. And then on the pod, you have listened to us talk to three professional, well, four professional athletes, three of them on the Oregon Track Club. One is assigned to ASICs. And they're all saying, like, track and U.S. track and field can be in jeopardy. 
like right now. But before we get to that point, just Aaron, what's your biggest takeaway of all the people that we have talked to over these past, what, three weeks now since University of Minnesota has been has been has cut their men's program and now the next two days they're gonna they're gonna vote on it. But what has been your biggest takeaway from speaking to all these athletes, learning about their experiences and everything so far? I got two things that I would say. Um one is that in particular, since we we spoke to University of Minnesota, everyone we talked to, you know, that university holds a special place in people's hearts. I know everyone doesn't have that experience with the school they went to, but in the track and field program they're a part of. But at least, you know, track and field is a special sport. And these people felt so close to this program. Like uh, um, Opsa was saying, you know, after he had graduated, he wasn't signed yet, but he still decided to run Sunset Tours in a Minnesota singlet because he loved and respected mm-hmm. that program. It, and like Karun was saying how much he loved that progr- program and he was the first one to graduate and how much it meant to them and how much they were hurt by it. And it was just amazing to see um, credit to those those coaches and all the athletes that have been a part of that program because they have created a, a very beautiful and loving culture there. But um, the second thing, the realest biggest takeaway that I think everyone should take from this is that and I think a lot of people do know this, but you need to recognize that these schools that are claiming that you are just a student athlete, they are treating you, they're treating you as an employee at a corporation. And when they don't have the dollars to fund you, you get laid off. And no student athlete should be getting laid off. I mean, because mm-hmm. you're not there to make money for the school. You're there to go to school. And you know, these programs have been around Minnesota been around for about 150 years you know the school has the track and field has never been a big money sport so yeah why all of a sudden you know we cutting it because it doesn't have money you know because that's that's what most people are going to say it's like hey they gotta cut they don't got the money and it's like nah you don't and i mean the reason they're in these deficits is their own fault um and there's a lot of a lot of things we can go really, really, really deep, deep into this um, so much. But but like like we said, with Russell Dinkins, he covered he covered a lot of that on the on the um, IG live IG. that we have just about talking about how these sports where black athletes don't make money for us. We going to cut, you know, but we going to keep these affluent white sports. So there's a lot of things going into it. But I think the biggest takeaway for me was just like. These, these aren't schools. These are corporations. And mm. um, keep that in mind when you're picking a school because you're going to work. I know they ain't paying you yet, but you are going to work. That's what they are telling y'all. So you got to, you you know, if they giving you that attitude, you got to, you kind of low key got to have the same back. Yeah, that's, that's definitely some, some great words. Something that uh, NCAA athletes have to take into account i think my biggest takeaway was just the passion bro like really every single person that we talked to like when we talked to ben blankenship he wasn't going to the school for school he wasn't going to the university of minnesota for school like that's not why he was there he even talked about he didn't have like the greatest experience at the university of minnesota but like 
and he wasn't surprised by their decision, but he's still there like fighting for the university just because he sees like the opportunities that comes with college and comes with college, comes being able to run there and everything that comes with it from friends to relationships and everything beyond that. And I just feel like that's just the pure passion of what happens being on a track and field team and how that can be somebody's everything. But not, I mean, just in track, even in the tennis team that got cut and the gymnastics teams and everything, like sports are so important, especially at the college level, as it gives so much opportunities. And really, college is all about like opportunity, like the essence of college nowadays to be able to go to college, even at a community college or a trade school or anything like that. Any elevated learning past uh, high school is really like you're getting an opportunity to get a job. Like it's the, the pure essence of that is like getting this, op- your college, having going be able to have the opportunity to go to college is giving you another opportunity. Now to cut that off to people at such a university like the University of Minnesota is really just wrong, bro. And then to see, and just to see how tone deaf it was, like, honestly, like, every, like, this, John Simmons, this guy from University of Minnesota, we on IG Live, he said, I am, I have a box ready to mail back my Letterman jacket from University of Minnesota. Like, it, I, I hope the dean or somebody was listening to that. Like, this is how they really feel. Like you're tr- you're trying to break up with me right now, like for what? For no reason? For Damn. no reason? What did I do? Damn. For no, like I don't. I, yeah, there, there's such such passionate people, and even like for someone like Russell Dinkins, he didn't even go to the University of Minnesota, but he's fighting so hard for to get the track track and field program back. And I just hope that uh that the board of regents will understand, bro. I hope I hope they'll understand, like for real, for real. Yeah, and and I'm really glad we were able to speak to uh, Russell Dinkins and John Simmons because they shined light on you know the overarching and the 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 bigger takeaway from this that this isn't just you know an attack on William Mary and Brown and University of Minnesota you know this is a track on a attack on U.S. track and field and and it's also like because it, you got to think of it you know. USA track and field gets some of the most medals at the Olympics. And the way that system works is usually, you know, I mean, some of us, you start off at club, but then you go through the high school system and then you go through the NCAA system and then you get signed and then you go pro. I mean, there's a lot of people too that while they're in the NCAA, you know, the NCAA, because we don't always have those money opportunities, the NCAA provides facilities um, for our athletes to get ready for the Olympics. Like I said before, look at last year, world championships, Grant Holloway was the number one. I mean, he won, but he was Grant Holloway and uh, Grant Holloway, number one hurler in the world. Who's number two? Uh, homeboy. Daniel Roberts. Yeah. Wait, wait, what's his name again? I forgot. I'm sorry. Daniel Roberts. Daniel, Yeah. Daniel Roberts, number two, top two times in the world. And they're in, they're, they were in college. So as it starts trickling down, we're kind of messing with the system. And like John Simmons said, you know, maybe, you don't know, five years from now, we're cutting Minnesota, we're cutting this school, we're cutting this school, high school participation goes down and, you know, track and field becomes a little irrelevant because mm-hmm. if your argument is like, you know, who cares about track? 
we ain't going to be making money from it, then, you know, track and field is going to slowly start going away and our medal count is going to go down because people aren't going to run it and they're not going to have that opportunity to advance that skill that they had in high school at the college level. They're going to choose to do another sport or they're just going to choose to get their degree and start working. So I think this is a it's 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 bigger than just these these couple of schools that are getting cut. It, it's affecting the entire system of USA track and field. Yeah, a lot of people would already say, especially in running and in like running media, that the sport of running is like dying in, in types of ways. Like it is dying. People have said that, but then the now the cutting of like NCAA schools of uh, division one schools will make the the demise of track and field even even faster. I know that's sort of like a really like enticing, like or just real pretty exaggerated for some but like the reality of it it could possibly do it like minnesota the university of minnesota it's the only college i know in the state of minnesota it's the only d1 track and field program in the university of minnesota so there's going to be kids that are that are from minnesota that are not even going to realize that there's track and field unless they go to wisconsin like they're not going to really know what the sport of track is or really know what's about because like like Opsa said last week he wasn't fully convinced and like really inspired until he saw Hassan Hassan Mead wearing a gopher uniform at the U.S. Olympic trials and Opsa is from Minnesota as well so that inspiration just for a young athlete like that can go a long way to having a D1 track and field program and someone said last week on our IG live like running D1 track and field is the closest thing to being a professional athlete because that's the level of competition that you're really competing with. Like, I'm pretty sure, like, we can go to NCAA championships, like, that at, at pretty much any event, compare that to the times. I'm not trying to throw shots. Compare that to the times, like, the times at New Zealand, and, like, we'll be competing very heavy or winning a lot of those events just with the college athletes. Like, that's fact. The NCAA, NCAA is no joke, and, like, like Aaron said, like the medal count at the Olympics for track and field is pure domination. Like the way that basketball dominates and they don't always dominate every year in the Olympics or the or the FIBA World Championships, like track and field dominates every year, like without a doubt and medal count and pretty much everything. So like to people to start caring about track and field because like us is making a mark. And I think people are, I don't know. I don't know why they don't care. And why don't they care? I want to just come back to something you said too, like about uh, Opsa when he was saying that, you know, Hassan, Hassan really inspired him, but you got to remember Opsa and Harun as well. They didn't even know that you could, they could get a scholarship to run, you know, track and field in college. Harun, so he wasn't even thinking about. He didn't even think he could go to college. So eliminate just going to JC and getting a job in a cubicle. Exactly. So exactly. So think about like if there's just the state of Minnesota. There's there's no no D one school like that. You know, those are just mm-hmm. so many wasted opportunities. And just think about if track and field is just going as a whole, like for like the majority of like big of power five schools you know that's 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 a loss that's a loss of a, of a lot of opportunities for a lot of marginalized communities let's be honest yeah. for a lot of marginalized communities those are a lot of opportunities lost some things that they didn't even know really 
existed, you know? Yeah. So I definitely think, yeah, we need to fight for it for um, track and field, but we also got to fight for it for those marginalized communities. Because like we say, we for the culture and by the culture and that's track and field and that's our peoples too. So I definitely, that's why when all this was going down, I definitely thought it was something that we need to speak on and we need to be a part of helping uh, change this narrative. Yeah, it, most definitely. And that's why in the description of this podcast, we're going to put some links down there to save Gopher Track and Field for you guys. You can send some emails. William to Mary, too. Yeah, and William and Mary as well. And just send some emails. They have some pre-filled out emails. So all you have to do is really just like put in your name. It's an email to all like 12 of the Board of Regents. And just like keep on applying the pressure, keep on applying the pressure so they can realize how much the running community actually cares for track and field. Track and field because like people care about sports, bro. People in University of Minnesota, they were marching for this. They were marching. That's I thought I would never see that in 2020. But yeah, let's get that going. Aaron put it perfectly. This is also hurting marginalized marginalized groups, not just U.S. track and field as a whole. And I think I've seen this too. Like black opportunities matter, and more importantly, bro, opportunities just matter in general, and especially these college opportunities. As every single year since we've been in second grade, they've been preaching go to college. Now they're gonna take that away for some kids. Come on, now that don't even make sense. Stupid. All right, but. <laughs> let's, let's move over to the London Marathon real quick, bro, because we had some great events. And like I said, we want to keep on elevating the sport of track and field, and we can definitely do that. But I was talking about what was, what was going to be the race of the century, but it didn't end up being the race of the century, bro. But we still had some great races on the men's and women's side. I think you guys are live seeing the results from now. So I really just want to get started from just the point of like, what was your biggest takeaway? We had Bridget Koske winning the women's race in a 218 and Sarah Hall getting second in 222. And but then in the men's side, Kipchoge, he didn't show up that day. He finished like ninth place and Shira Katata won it in like 0.01 seconds in a 205. So what was really just your takeaways from the London Marathon overall, bro? I mean, one of my big my biggest takeaway is going to be, I'm going to say this, that I'm not saying this is the end of Kipchoge's reign, but these boys ain't scared, man. They didn't <laughs> look intimidated at all. Sherikita, he let me look this boy up right now. How He, he what, 24? 24, 23, something like that. He's 24 years old, y'all. And he was... Shira Katata. Shira Katata. He's 24 years old, and he was up there with the so-called GOAT, okay? Now, I know some people are going to be coming at my head because y'all love Kip Troge, but the biggest takeaway is, man, he's not a god. This boy, Shira Katata, he was born in 1996. He's 24, bro. So, I know we love Bekele, and we love Kip Choge. But there's some other big hitters in here. Vincent Kim Chunga, he got second place in this race with the, that 205. This was only his second major marathon ever. Now, I know. I know that the conditions weren't bad. And, you know, Kip Choge, he had uh, his eardrum thing going on. But that don't matter. Ear what? Whatever, whatever. He had a niggle. I don't know. Whatever he had. His eardrum popped. He had a cramp. It don't matter. 
It was race. It, time, it doesn't matter, bro. It was time to race. They went to the race, and this man, he didn't, he didn't get first, not first, not second, not third, not fourth, not fourth. He got uh, eighth. I'm not trying to roast. He got eighth. So we can't take away from we can't take away from what these guys did because you know it was rainy for them too. Mm. It was last minute for them too. They had to readjust their training through COVID as well. You know, they have things going on in their life as well that adds pressure. And they performed on that day. And Kipchoge, he didn't have the best of days. I'm, I'm wish, wishing my best to him. But my biggest takeaway is maybe we're going to see some, maybe these younger dudes are starting to catch up. Maybe they're not as behind they're not as behind Kipchoge and Bekele as we thought. Maybe it's closer than we think, and only time will tell. Do you think that if Bekele ended up racing in, in here, do you think Kipchoge would have performed better? Do you think he would have performed worse, you may think? Do you think if he was in the race, Kipchoge could have been more aggressive? Because the pace wasn't as that fast, even from the get-go. Like Around like 45 minutes, they were on 205 pace, and they never really got faster than that and at one point what was like with like 15 minutes left they ran like a five minute mile they were like really they were they were acting like they were running the 1500 meter final at the at the 2016 olympic games bro like that's how they're that's how slow they're running but like how do you uh do you think if Bekele was in it do you think it would have gone differently for for Kachoke? i'm not okay y'all i'm about to say this but if, if, if Bekele was in there with no niggle Bro, Kipchoge better be happy Bekele wasn't in that race. Because that, that race was set up for a Bekele type of win. Because going into this, all I've been saying, me and Jeremy, we're both saying this. Like, we want to see if two miles ago, Bekele is with Kipchoge, he's going to beat him. He's going to he's gonna outkick him. That's what we've been saying. So, I don't know if that would have affected Kipchoge. I think he just had a bad day. But... I think a slower race suits Bekele. So mm -hmm. I don't think Kipchoge, Kipchoge want, want that smoke. That's all I'm saying. And then what about in the girls race, bro? There's also some exciting races. Bridget Koske would really just showed up and showed out like what she did her thing. But what do we got to talk about Sarah Hall real quick, bro? We got to talk about Sarah Hall. Running down, running down Ruth Sheptegetsch with like 100 meters to go. And Ruth Sheptegetsch is the number four woman all time in the event i don't think people realize that and sarah hall ran her down in a 222 pring by like 36 seconds she's still the number six u.s marathoner of all time then also we got to talk about molly saito she ran 225 moving into the top 15 all time for u.s women so the u.s the state of u.s women marathoning is looking really good right now both of those sarah hall is not going to olympic games she dropped out of the Olympic trials, but Molly Saito, she's going. Like, how do you, what are you looking like? What does it look like U.S. marathon? What does the state of U.S. women marathoning look like to you right now? Yeah, first of all, I want to just say Bridget Kosage did what we thought Kip Shoge would do. I mean, she ran a 218, which is still crazy time, but her PR is 214, and it was rainy and tough conditions, and she still gutted out a crazy time, 218. It smacked the entire field. I just want to get that out the way. But um, shout out to Sarah. 
she did her thing. That was one of the most inspirational kicks I ever seen. And yeah, I think, you know, having uh, USA women, we have Sarah Hall getting second, beating uh, the, is she the world half merit, world half champion? Roof, roof the chapter guy, beating her, you know, beating her, getting second, and then Molly Seidel getting six, getting second and six at a major marathon. I think, I think that is huge. I think that is huge. And yes, we'll go back to this. I know it's COVID season. It's random. You know, in London, the course was changed, but everyone in that race was dealing with the same things. And our women did great. You know, our women did great. So I think that definitely deserves applause. And I think maybe we're starting to kind of figure this out. This is Molly Seidel's second marathon ever. Yeah. You know, and she gets sixth at a major. You know, yeah. so I think that's gonna and, and Sarah getting second at London. You know, all I'm saying is, man, the marathon, the marathon world was is on notice. Everyone saw what happened, and you know, when they see that, they it makes them feel like they can do it. You know, Molly, our girl Molly, Molly seeing that, and she's like, man, I'm gonna be, I could get, I could win. I could be Bridget Kosage. I could I could get second at London. I don't know about that one. You know? I don't know. About hey, that don't one. be don't hey don't don't be slandering Molly. That's the homie though. That's the homie. I'm just saying, bro. That one's really touching Bridget right now. She's on a whole entire level, bro. Sure, PR is two fourteen. She beat them by four minutes. <laughs> okay, this okay. Race. I know that. That's a lot of time. I'm talking about theoretically though. Like it's just giving. Yeah, you gotta have that. All I'm saying is giving is giving the U.S. women more confidence that they belong in these major races and that they don't just belong in these major races they should be finishing in that top six they should be up there competing with these kenyans and these ethiopian women like we nice that's all i'm saying yeah i'm just i'm just really sad and i bet uh sarah feels like this the same way that like she didn't make the olympics like i think she has to be really disappointed like i'm sorry to look on the bad things at first but i bet she's just really just like kicking herself in the butt like dang i didn't make the olympics i couldn't have made that because i feel like when she comes up in these type of moments and these type of situations when her back is up against the wall like she really performs well and she's one of the most grittiest runners that i feel like we have in u.s women marathoning so to have her run the tokyo tokyo 2020 would absolutely be great but just the fact that we have three women that beat her in atlanta like these are women that were better than her on that day that they may just have just as much grit as her in the future but i'm excited i'm really excited to just see how sarah is going to continue progressing on and on and like with that course like it was a it was a challenging course to be honest so she can possibly run faster on like a faster course that has more downhill and it doesn't have many turns so i don't know could we see like her be like top a top three u.s marathoner one day or maybe even go for dina caster's like go for the record i don't don't know i feel like the sky's the limit for sarah like these next couple years hey and i'm saying that women's 10k that women's 10k gonna be nice there's a lot of girls that was the deepest marathon field we've ever had at the olympic trials this year so this women's 10k there's gonna be a lot of hitters at the olympic trials and y'all saw Sarah's kicks. You know she got some speed in her. Don't sleep. She got more speed than Marielle, though. She got more speed than Marielle. She got more speed than Ryan Hall. Hey, that's the truth. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> we still need to see that video. We still need to see that race, bro. The the, two, the 400. Who's going to win? Who's going to win? But with all that, bro, I think that's pretty much like really what we all got like from here on this 26th episode. We just, but we still got 26 more until the season's over. So I want to ask you, Aaron, before we close out of here, like, what is your envision? What are you thinking about for these next 26 episodes? What do you want to do different? What do you want to do the same? What, what what are you envisioning for these next 26? These next 26, man. So, you know, we're halfway through the race, man. So we're just getting there. This is when fatigue, you know, starts to fit. It starts to, you know, hit you a little bit. You know, those first, that, that first, those first two laps, you know, you chilling. You chilling, but we're at that third two hundred. Yeah, you get onto that third two hundred. You start to start to start the third lap. You start getting tired. So I gotta be. You gotta be mindful. You gotta look at yourself. You gotta say like, are you are you wimping out and backing down and getting? Are you gonna get comfortable or are you gonna stay uncomfortable? Because you know, for me, uh, shout out to the great Nips Nipsey Hustle talks about like, you know. We, we, we both juggling a lot of things, you know, and at times it could be overwhelming, but I always remind myself, like, this ain't supposed to be easy, man. Like, you're supposed mm-hmm. to feel uncomfortable. That's, that's how you grow. It's supposed to be hard. So I'm always yeah. trying to, like, check myself and make sure I'm on it, you know, and I'm going to try to get us back to these, these Tuesdays because, like, you know, I, I be slacking and be getting caught up, caught up, caught up. So I definitely be just trying to just trying to push myself into and to stay focused and keep my eyes on the prize, you know. But one thing I, I've taken away from what we've done in the past twenty six episodes that I want to implement before implement as we keep moving forward is kind of like seasons, basically, because without knowing it, we we started an entire season with keeping the conversation going, and we had a theme for a good amount of episodes. Before that, if you guys were listening to the podcast, I mean, we didn't more so have a theme. We just got who we could get. But I feel like you guys listening love it when we have this constant theme. Like, and for example, I feel like our theme right now has been um, saving, saving track and field. And that's been the last couple of episodes. And it keeps you on the line. It keeps you on the hook. It makes you want to learn more. Um but the thing with the themes is like you it's what's cool and what what I like about what we do is it's learn as you go. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like what's you you examine what's relevant and what what fits us and we speak on it and then we continue to, you know, gather a following of people that are interested in that topic or what's going on in the world right now. Um yeah, so that's something like I want to keep on experimenting with and i think once we're done with the 52 episodes like we'll probably go into seasons but who knows man we we just trying to get a guest every week (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i really do like the idea of like having like a theme for at least one month or something like that i i would definitely want to want to do something like that even in these next 26 episodes i think we could do that for one month and just have to schedule everything and stuff like that but one thing i really want to implement well this is not really something that i just want to get more people like this on two like runners i want to get more sprinters and i think we have to just start looking out more and 
seeing who would be the right like fit for two black runners. But I want more like sprinters on the podcast, people who do like the 110 hurdles or the 400 hurdles or the 100, the 200. Because I feel like I honestly, bro, there's there aren't sprinters listening. To, I feel like there's aren't sprinters listening to the podcast. And I know that's not true. I know that's not true. But it just seems like this, like, it seems like distance running dominates the podcast game. Well, just in general, just running media in general. And I feel like that's honestly just wrong because sprints take up half of, take up more than half of track and field. Sprints, track make, and the money. sprints make the money for track and field. Yeah. So I think I want to get more sprinters here on this show, but definitely we're going to have distance runners on here because we are two black distance runners. But for sure, like, see that definitely more happening on two black runners like for sure and if it's not happening like y'all need to be sending us your favorite sprinters where we can get them on the show we need to be spamming them where they can come on and like tell their story because honestly we don't know enough of their stories and definitely just a deeper understanding of how they got to where they are and what they think about certain issues and everything like that because i feel like that's super interesting and that doesn't really get talked about yeah, if somebody, if some, if if y'all got to connect to the great white hope, white lightning, Mister <laughs> Ma- Matthew uh, Boiling, Bowling, or however you say it, y'all got to connect to to him. Hey, let him know that two black two black renters want to see him. Not not fight him. We just want to talk to him. <laughs> that would be tight. That would be tight. Yeah. that would be tight. One thing. One more last thing before we get out of here, bro. Who do you want to bring back on the podcast? We got 26 left, 26 oh, weeks. We could definitely bring someone back. Or if you can't think of someone you want to bring back, who is someone that you really want to get in the next 26 episodes? Okay. Someone I want to bring back. Someone I want to bring back. I'm looking through the podcast right now. I mean, I'm looking through right now, but you know, when you said someone I want to bring back, the first. The first name that came to my head was 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 a uh, was big cousin Mike, you know, Michael Granville. Yeah. I love to you know bring him back on, and you know just talk some track and field. Um, we gotta have we gotta have the homie Corey. We gotta have Corey Corey Carter back on too, uh, just to see how she's doing. But dude, honestly, I we have so many good guests. That's hard to really yeah. say. But I think I'm going to go shoot. I'm going to go with Michael Granville right now just so we could like, I think it would be cool. Maybe if it's not on the podcast, maybe on like uh, the running report, like just have him come on and we can just talk some more, more track and field. I feel like he just has a lot of good wisdom and insight to share. Yeah, Absolutely. What about you? One person, one person. I think, bro. What we need, what we need, like when you said Corey, bro. I want Corey back, but I need her with Marielle and Ajay Wilson. We need to get that group chat and bring it to life. We gotta do that. I think I say it's by twenty, when twenty twenty one hits, bro, we should open up with the new year with like Ajay, uh, Marielle, and Corey. Like I think that would be, that would be just hilarious and just funny too and we haven't had aj wilson on yet so that aj wilson on would be crazy i don't know i feel like that would that would be crazy to have her on like be honest hey Corey, hook it up marielle <laughs> hook it up 
<laughs> but then also, who's who's one person that you want to get on? I, one Simmons. person I really want to get. I just. I'm just fine. We're always welcome for Nick. But one person I want really want to get on is Alicia Montano. We already we kind of started talking to her, but oh, yeah. I want to get her. I want to get her on for sure, and I think we eventually she'll be on the podcast for sure, for sure one day. But she's also now announcing like commentating the Diamond League meets. So I want to get her on because there's so much to talk to her about. Hey, but no, for real, who I really want to get on, um, we haven't even reached out to this person, but I we got to get my boy Kip, you know, like uh, my boy Kip, Bernard Lagat. Bernard Lagat. Oh, yeah, for sure. Hey, that, that's the, come on, man. That's my hero, bro. That's my hero. That'd be awesome. I've never been starstruck before, but when I saw my boy Bernard, and that's the only person, man, because that, Dude, that was that was that was one of my heroes growing up, man. So definitely, if we could if if y'all know if y'all know Bernard, send this to him, hook that up. But yeah, absolutely. Uh, we want to just thank you guys for joining us here on the Two Black Runners podcast, episode twenty six, halfway through season one. Oh dang, halfway through season one, six months in. Like like Aaron said, if you listen all the way through, bruh. Uh, this you're a real one if you listen to every single podcast you're basically our best friend because you're hanging out with us every single you know week me. and you got you got two black runner friends especially dm aaron Potts. if you listen to every single 26 he's going to give you something probably i don't know what he's going to do but dm a super hot box i don't really believe anyone's uh listened to all 26 so i don't think i'll get any messages but if you really have hit me up we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna work something out for you <laughs> but yeah we really do appreciate y'all we'll see y'all next week on two black tuesday hopefully, hopefully. but we'll be back for sure because we ain't done we ain't done this is y'all peace